This is Tech Talk for Accountant Show, where we discuss the hottest topics, tools, apps, and trends in the accounting industry. This show is sponsored by Rush Tech Support, who is offering all listeners of the show a free IT audit so you can know whether or not your business is at risk of being hacked, having a data breach, or getting fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for non-compliance. You can schedule a free check at rushtech.online slash podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I'm sure there's lots of children that are tuning in right now to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. Today, we're with Scott Zarev, CPA Academy, and we're going to be talking about the, the importance of why, obviously, accountants, you know, you need to be getting the CPEs, it's, it's requirements in order to keep your license. However, CPA Academy has a different offering than what you're seeing with a lot of others. And Scott's going to dig into that. And as you all know, I'm going to be using a lot of gotcha questions. I'm going to try to trip him up and make him look just like a fool on the show, because that's what the goal is. So Scott, are you ready to just get burned and destroyed? I think uh, the only answer is yes. The only answer is yes. So Scott, uh, how about giving the listeners to those who, who aren't familiar with uh, CPA Academy, a little background on what it is and uh, how it helps. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, first of all. Um, so yeah, for those not familiar with CPA Academy, we are the largest provider of free continuing education in the accounting profession. I started the business about 10, uh, I guess, 11 years ago. And we've got 380,000 users of our platform um, do this year about 4,000 webinars. So round the clock sessions that are uh, used for um, educating CPAs on everything from highly technical topics to full on software demos, everything in the middle. Awesome. So what, what did the early days look like for um, maybe say like the first year or two and then versus what it's looking like now? Oh gosh, the first year or two. Uh, stressful. If I put myself back in those in that situation, my first year of, of my company coincided with basically with me getting married and having a child. Um, and so yeah, life was, was hectic. As a matter of fact, finding out that my, uh, we were pregnant with our, with our firstborn is what really inspired me to create the company. So not a coincidence there, um, but yeah, really stressful leaving what was a pretty stable position to, to try my hand at something brand new uh, that I really believed in um, and had experience with, but just not as a, as a solo entrepreneur. But yeah, I was um, probably a lot of the things that many entrepreneurs, all the things that many entrepreneurs go through, the struggle of the SWOT analysis and, and really diving deep, digging deep, figure out uh, the viability of what I felt I had to offer the world. Um, but fortunately for me, um, when I did open the doors for business back in uh, 2012, um, it, it was uh, well-received. And so I had successes in my, um, almost right off the bat. And the first year of my business turned out to be um, successful from the standpoint that it was cash flowing well and that it seemed to really be striking a chord in the way that it was intended. And it's really picked up from there, of course, but I wouldn't want to go back 12, 10 years ago and relive those days. They were, they definitely gave me some thick skin and I definitely lost a lot. I, I mean, I already was great, but I mean, that was like the, 
that was that was yeah i'll show you what my hair looks like now oh we get we get the sneak peek we get the real stuff this is the uncut unfiltered lucky you yeah (laughs) it's honored (laughs) yeah i'm i'm in the the same boat like those those first years i mean so much of them you don't know what you don't know and there were times that that actually my naivete of what was to come from decisions that I was making and how stupid they were unbeknownst to me at the time that um, I, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have gone the path that I had gone down. There were some things we came out on top and it was awesome, but we, Mm -hmm. we had gone into some situations like you speak of cash flow and we were running into problems with credit card merchants and it was whole thing. And long story short, I was basically in the position of, we just have to hold out three more months. I can just keep funding this from retirement and from savings, just three more months. And then, you know, they're going to release all of our reserve money and just everything will be fine. Just give it three months. And during those three months, we, we uh, turned it around and started finding other opportunities that worked extremely well. And then come to find out that that three month deadline was just an arbitrary thing that they said, and they never had any intention of actually releasing the funds at that 90 days. So I know that now, and that's how that world works where they just feed you a bunch of lines and it doesn't actually ever happen until way, way, way. I think I got that money after we had ended our relationship with them like six or nine months later, which was maybe five years after that story happened. So not knowing what I didn't know and believing things that weren't necessarily true. I know that now. And if, if I was in that same position now, I don't think I would have kept going and be like, well, this is, this is how we die because I know it won't happen in three months, but do you have any uh, experience of things that maybe you would put yourself through that in hindsight you wouldn't have done or any, any anecdotes along those lines? Gosh, I, I've, I've contemplated that question often. Like what was the biggest mistake that I've made or what, what are my regrets? You know, you listen to enough podcasts and like every story has got to have that crash and burn story in there. You know, the thing that put them over the edge before they really took off. I didn't have that, that exact experience. Um, as a matter of fact, I think one of the things that I'm grateful for is that I, didn't have to keep pivoting you know the model that I, I have now is actually the same model that I started out with even our pricing structure is not drastically different so the you know all in all um, I, I would say that I had good footing and I am a CPA so that definitely helps I mean when I the reason I went down the road of becoming a CPA was because I thought that I wanted to own a small business one day I didn't know what business that would be but felt that having that financial you know, having that, that background would be extremely helpful. I come from a family of accountants, my father, grandfather, cousins. Um, so the business sense is there. Uh, and yeah, for, I think probably my biggest, I don't know, the, 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 the naivete came from just not knowing how expensive it is to actually hire software developers. You know, when you're first starting out and you're cautious about, do I go out for dinner tonight or do we stay in? We got to save up and then the software developer tells you it's going to be another $30,000 for this feature. You're like, uh, but, <laughs> and um, 
it it just the the level of stress is just an enormous you know the the worry that you have is to my god am i just throwing away my family's savings and for for what so it was i think maybe in the most poetic way i would say that the amount of worry that i had didn't really help me you know i wish you know, I just have better mechanisms to deal with the, the stress, you know, mechanisms that I work on very carefully now to, to maintain sanity that are very helpful. I didn't have those tools to really keep me grounded. Um, so I think maybe just not having the balance between, you know, the constant working and then the, the, um, the, the giving myself a break, giving myself the, the grace for, you know, the timing of things, like you mentioned, you know, you, you, you think things are going to happen by Tuesday and it's like in your head that it will happen on Tuesday. And then it gets pushed back a week and it's just like, it's just hard to accept. And I think the patience is really something that comes maybe with maturity and, and understanding your business's life cycle is something that's impossible to know up front. And so you talked about stress management and not having the tools at the time. What are some of the tools that you're using now to alleviate the stress? I, I'd imagine that there are more moving pieces now than there were then, but you probably have better coping skills or understanding, or maybe it's just commonplace now. And you're just like, I'm used to this level of stress. Like my watch tells me how much stress I have. And it'll be like, today was through the roof. And I'm just like, what happened today? I was just living life regularly. <laughs> so any tools yeah. that you're using my- strategies to, to get through it all? Yeah. My watch telling me to breathe is not necessarily the most the most helpful in terms of all strategies because I do tend to breathe all day long. Um, it's a combination of things. I mean, I think I can go down the road of, from a personal standpoint. What are the things you could do to get back in touch with nature? You know, how do you meditate? What's the value of yoga and community and and exercise and you know all of these, all of those factors and they're real. They're real. They're they're everything um, in one sense. Um, from a business standpoint. When I first started, I did have this idea that I was going to be a one-man show. Like I really liked the idea of not having, uh, not only not having a boss, but just not having to manage people. And I felt that one of my assets was that I was a jack of all trades. I could do the accounting, I could do the marketing and the sales, and you know, at least at least well enough, you know, to to start something. And I think I found that to be a you know romantic idea that I wouldn't have someone to report to or you know someone reporting to me, and I think that one of the reasons that I'm more grounded now is that on the other end of the spectrum I've got this team that I never anticipated having of 13 employees who are wonderful people who really deeply care about the business and who carry the you know the torch when I'm not there I'm not you know I'm, I'm if you could see my background, I'm up in a cabin right now getting some space. And I never could have done this 10 years ago. There was, it was always reactionary. It was always worrying about, you know, true emergencies. Like it would not have been responsible to blow those off. I didn't have a backup plan. But I think that so much of the stress comes from knowing that I've got people that have my back and knowing that, um, yeah, I, that, that's, that's the number one thing is having a good, good team that's supportive and, and that knows their stuff. And I, that gives me just so much peace. I, I, otherwise I couldn't spend a weekend away without being fixated or God forbid a week away on vacation. And that's, that is so critical for your mental well-being. Um, and yeah. fortunately I'm, I have 
I have that flexibility now. Yeah, I think a lot of people like the fear of especially going from just you to having that first hire, even if you're feeling like the heat of not having that other person. I think sometimes people will look at the situation and be like, I could keep all of this if I just do it myself. And if I'm paying somebody else, then I'm losing money by being lazy. And it's actually the opposite because you actually get more time to do high value activities as opposed to, you know, managing client database. And uh, this person had a typo in their email. Let me fix that, you know, stuff that pretty much anybody can do. And yeah, you're doing it, you know, hundred percent and you're not paying anyone to do it. However, the, the cost of your time, the only non-renewable asset and, you know, investing in things like the yoga meditation exercise, you know, these are things I used to also think is kind of like, oh, you know, it's all right. Well, sure. Home meditation. Sure. And then I, then I started doing it and it was like, oh yeah, meditating. It's like, let me guess I'm grounded all day because I meditated. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what they've been telling you. Right. And it's like, ah, okay. So this stuff does work, but having a strong team behind you, I'm curious. So the people that you have now ballpark, how many did you have to hire fire to get the team that you currently have now? Uh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, firing was not something that plagued me. Um, you know, people leave organically for the right reasons. And often those relationships end, end up working in mysterious ways. You know, people leave and become, uh, and, and, and the relationship become even stronger. They're just different iterations of it. Um, but there were a couple, you know, there were a few, there were maybe two or three that, that were just definitely not the right fit along the way. But for the most part, I've been extremely fortunate. So many of the hires came from friends of friends or people that I had met along the way, not, not strangers, um, but those that I met that, that um, actually probably the most challenging part of the entire team hiring was we were growing at a fairly regular cadence. So it, you know, it wasn't like I just, I, you know, I had one person one year, maybe another the following year and another, and it built up fairly slowly. And we were at, I think six, maybe when the pandemic, um, hit us last March and all of a sudden the business just took off in a, in a, in a new way, um, in a, in a significant way, you know, our relevance, you know, was really amplified by the remote environment, of course. And we were in reactionary mode during tax season when we're supposed to be on relaxation mode or, you know, kind of, kind of grounding down. And instead it was the opposite. And I had to hire like crazy. And in doing that during a pandemic, you don't meet the people that you're hiring. Two of them were actually in uh, Colorado where I live. And I, I didn't even meet them because it just didn't feel advisable. Um, uh, so, or I, yeah, so it was just, it, it's very strange hiring people that you've never met, that you're not interacting with on a regular basis. There's still some people in my company who I haven't met in person, several. Um, we feel like we know each other through through Zoom and through the, the you know the trials and tribulations of a day. We 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 say that we know each other. You know we feel like we do, but we've never met. And so, 
that's 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 been one of the more interesting you know, to think about my team as my community, to think of them as my, the, the reason that I'm able to do what I do and, and, and then realize that my gosh, I've never even sat down and, you know, had a meal with them is, um, is something I really look forward to. You know, it gives me really a lot of hope and, you know, for when, when that time comes, you know, but, um, but yeah, we, uh, I, I attribute so much of the success of the company to, you know, to every individual who is, is bringing their best to the table. That's great that you've had really good experience with the, the hiring situation and what we've found through the years of highs and lows with, with employment that a lot of the all-stars that are still on the team have all come from either a referral of an existing employee or a friend of a friend, but majority of the all-stars were people that were not happy where they currently were and then seeking another opportunity and jumped on with us. And we, we have had some people that um, came in just as strangers from like Indeed or LinkedIn or something and ended up working out well. But I'd say percentage wise, going the route that you went and I mean, your experience is, is a testament to that. Having people, but you need to have the people on board with your mission and happy working for you in order to be willing to refer their friends to be in that same situation. Cause like, if they hated it, they, they wouldn't be saying, Oh, you should do this too. Right. They would be like, um, don't come here. <laughs> don't trust me. This is not yeah. what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Run. Don't walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, when I, when I first started out, my business was to was to do better for myself financially than I was doing working for someone else. And um, I was excited about my idea, but so much of it boils down to, can I support my family? My number one, you know, my number one value. And uh, you go out, I, I went at it from, from that mentality and built this thing that was really meant to be a lead generation tool, um, using education as the mechanism, uh, you know, as a, essentially a pay to play platform for, for the companies that we work with. That was my experience as an employee, even another, like for, for the previous 10 plus years, I'd used education to help sell services and believed in that model and created a, essentially a, a, um, uh, another version of that, a single share platform where content could be exchanged, but really for the purpose of lead generation. And then time went on and we became different things to different people. Um, you know, to, uh, to our presenters, you know, yes, we were lead gen platform and still are. And then to our members, we're an educational company. And then to me, we're a software company, you know, so I feel like we were, um, depending on what suits me, I, I put myself in different shoes. Um, but this was the year, you know, 2021 was the year for us to, to really step back and, and, and say, what are our, what is our vision? What is our mission? What is our purpose? Because the team, you know, yes, we grew organically for, for a while, but the, the teammates who, who joined us in the last year, um, those are the ones that did not come from word of mouth. Those were the, from a recruiter and they didn't necessarily buy into the vision on, on day one. They saw we had a cool platform and that we were breaking new territory, but you know, doesn't mean that you understand the, the, the purpose behind it and, and, and where you're headed with it all. And that exercise this year that, that my wife, was critical. Uh, my wife's um, a coach as well, an executive coach on specifically in leadership. She really helped us as a team 
have that conversation, not just, okay, Scott, tell us what your vision is, but let's talk as a company, what our shared visions is, what shared vision is, what our shared mission is, what our values are. And as uh, just like meditation, you're like, oh, that's really going to help this ground. I just need to work. You know, it really was the most important thing in terms of um, really understanding who we are. And I didn't understand who, I didn't, under, I, I, it was critical for me to go through that process because walking away from it, you know, we, I realize it's, it's so much more clear to me, you know, why, what we do matters and why the future, you know, why we're not just optimistic about the future, but we have a reason to be optimistic about the future and, and our, and our place in it. And so uh, I think it really is critical for anyone who's part of an organization to understand, do you share these visions? If you don't, then this isn't a good fit. That's, that's a good reason to leave. It's a great reason to leave. But for those who, who, who share that vision, it's a great reason to stay and a great reason to, to wake up and give your best. Yeah, Jim Collins, uh, Good to Great, talks a lot about like getting everybody with that shared vision and everybody pointing all the arrows in the same direction. And while there's a million distractions, a million things that are going on, a million opportunities. And, and I just, I found myself doing it just yesterday where it was, you know, our whole thing. It's, we focus on accountants. Yes, we are fully capable of helping literally anybody. And someone uh, came, came across our doors, like I was referred from my CPA, da, 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 and, and ended up, um, so, you know, I don't really want to engage in the way that, um, that you guys are set up for. I would like this sort of ad hoc da da da, And it was like, okay, sure. And so I, I end up making this exception to it, which is not the direction that the arrows are all going. And I mean, it was, it ended up just being two hours. It wasn't anything substantial, but at the end of it, when I was going over everything with them and I'm just looking at it and I was like, this didn't fit any sort of like, yes, I'm capable of doing it. Just like I'm capable of doing landscaping. Like it's not my, you know, it's not my forte. Can I do it? Absolutely. And someone's willing to pay me to do it. And I've gotten better over the years at it of not just every single opportunity needs to be, you know, embraced. And what if you know, we don't get this? And, and it made up like, let's see if yesterday, five. So it made up 2% of our sales yesterday. It took up over 25% of my day and was more headache than, than anything. And it was like, you know, yeah. we have these things set in place. We, we have quarterly uh, strategy sessions with an outside consultant to make sure all arrows are pointing in the right direction, even from an objective point of view, because subjectively we'd be like, yeah, of course we are. And then it's like, well, what about this thing? What about that thing? And, but sharing that vision of this is the road we are going down. And just because there are side roads, it's not going to help us get to our destination, right? Like GPS will tell you, here are the roads you need to take to get where you want to go. And yes, there are cul-de-sacs that you can drive down that will slow you down. These are not part of the path. Stay on the path for the best result. And I think if you have clarity on that, then it's a lot easier to know where you're going. I think it's a John Maxwell quote or somebody where it's like, everybody is going as fast as possible and 
no one knows where they're going without direction. It's like, but at least I'm making good time, but it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. matter because you don't know where you're going. Yeah. Those books, Jim, Col- B, you know, uh, BE 2.0. I don't know if you check that one out. The Entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah it's, it's amazing. And those little nuggets, they, they, you need those everyone, you know, you need those often just a reminder that, you know, you're not, while you are inventing something new, you're going down your own path. Uh, the mentality behind it is not is not unique to you. There's there there are there are rules of life, uh, rules of nature that are helpful to understand. And um, I, you know, I think when you're talking about landscaping and other things, sometimes I really do like to get my hands dirty. You know, on the one hand, I like to be a visionary and and to really think through you know where I see myself next year and beyond. And then other times, I'm like, I am going to just get my hands really dirty in something, not because I'm the best person to do the job, but I just want to be able to understand what, um, what that work uh, is and, and, and to understand what my employees are doing on a daily basis and, you know, have that compassion. And I like to go down those, sometimes those dead end roads, you know, that's part of the experimentation process. And, And there's a lot less flexibility for that when every hour of your day really matters in the beginning, you have less um, room for mistake, but when you start to get, I think a little further, further along, the experimentation is acceptable. It's not maker. It's, it's not make or break kind of situations. Yeah. Any, any, uh, books that you frequently find yourself recommending to other entrepreneurs and business owners? Uh, I don't even know that I recommend that one to most others, you know, I, but, um, yeah, I don't have like a, a, a book yeah, I don't have a list or anything, but that that would certainly be one of them. I think um, Ray Dalio's principles is probably my all time favorite in terms of really understanding myself. Uh, it's not a book that I would share with my employees. Uh, it's really um, more for me to understand how I how I need to to be. Um, and other books have been extraordinarily helpful along the way, but none none that I would none that stand out. You know, Brian Tracy had a, a book a long time ago that I probably read four or five times, especially in my um, earliest days. Um, but no, I find inspiration in all in all kinds of ways, not necessarily business books. And so skipping on business books, what are some of the ways where you find inspiration? Is it just literally anything or do you have a couple sources where you usually find that you get more nuggets than others? There are some individuals in my life who really provide me with with that. You know, I think uh, a name that stands out above and beyond all is a gentleman named Sid Kess. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's the 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 um, really the earliest pioneer of of education in the accounting profession, and has uh, was there from 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 the very beginning, um, setting leading by example in the field of education and. Um, inspired just countless, when I say countless, you can count them, it's about a million. Um, that's how many people he's educated. And this is before online education. So, you know, we're talking about an individual who really put his heart and soul out there and still does. It is 94, I believe right now, and still wakes up. Um, he'll call you up and it's always the same. I have an idea for you. And you know, that I was introduced to him about three years ago, but just the, the notion that there are people out there that love what they do with all their heart, you know, and believe so, so deeply in what they do that, that, that money is not the motivator. It's really the, the idea that, um, 
the lasting imprint is is what matters. Or in, in his case, he's not. It's not even about the legacy. It's literally just about doing the right thing and 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 trying to leave this world a better place than you found it through education. And so, if I can even let a little bit of that rub off on me, you know, um, then it'll go a long way. And so, so people like Sid and and so many that he's introduced me to um, are living examples of, of folks who walk the walk and who I aspire to be more like. Um, and yeah, so I, I think as much as Jim Collins, it's, it's the folks that I get to chat with for 20 minutes on a Tuesday afternoon that matter to me. Yeah. Or the folks that you chat with today, the folks that you chat with Thursday at, was it 11 your time? <laughs> <laughs> Another good example. Yes. There, yeah. there, inspiration, inspiration comes from in very interesting ways and not just from those who you, you, you know, you put on, you know, from these legends you put on your, you know, on these top of the hills they're from everybody right you could learn so much from your yoga instructor the little nugget that they give you and and really every person that you meet along the way and that that's that shouldn't be overstated because i think a lot of people look at the jim collins or the sitcasts as being the educators the people to look up for the thought leaders and they are i mean and and, and you know they've earned that title but to overlook the, the things that you could learn even from people you don't want to be like you know, is so, is so valuable. So I think, you know, um, yeah, you gotta, I think inspiration comes when you have keep an open mind. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really funny how that, how that sometimes works. Yeah. So do you ever, do you, any that come to mind in CPA Academy where maybe you had gotten a nugget from one of those conversations that ended up being like a real turning point, or you, you had mentioned pretty steady, stable growth, but anything where you can say, you know, that one little thing, we took that, ran with it, and it turned into something that was sort of incredible, or these just sort of in your life, you've discovered just little things that you can pick up here and there that you know you apply it see how it goes like we had talked about like the meditation thing was shoved down my throat until until i yeah. liked doing it and got to do it instead of had to do it you know what's funny about that i, I don't know how yeah theoretical we should go but i think that there, there does come to be a point I, I'm sorry, the first answer I think is probably no, that th there are people who have definitely stood out among, you know, the ins you know, who are, who are been my, my cheerleaders, who have been my inspiration to me, but it's not just one particular thing that they said that I ran with, that I, that I kept as my mantra. But I think there's, this year in particular, I came to a point where I realized, you know, the Jim Collins book and the, and the Sid story and the rest, they're all saying the same thing. You know, and and not in a negative way, but there's only so many ways to say, you know, that um, you need to lead by example and be a good person and know yourself and and and, you know, and I think that um, at some point you just be embody these 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 attributes that that you you know aspire to uh, that you aspire to 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 have, and. Um, that's where I think the, the state of flow comes from, not overthinking things, but actually feeling like you have the, the confidence comes from, uh, you know, an understanding of these, of these lifelong lessons. And, um, you know, I, I sometimes 
think of the word uh, channel, you know, like how do I, how do I wake up and know what to do with a certain, you know, with a certain challenge. Um, and I think sometimes I just feel like I'm channeling it. I don't even know where necessarily the lesson came from or when, but I just feel that, um, yeah, the, 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 the confidence and skills are there and it comes from all of the lessons, you know, from, from folks who, um, who have come before me. I don't know if that answers your question, but it's a, it's for, fortunately, I don't put any weight in any one person as having the answer. You know, I, I don't believe that. Um, I, I believe it's a, we're a product of, of our environment, um, which is very vast. That's very true. A couple of years ago, I was talking with someone and I had said to him that it's very frustrating with an obstacle that I was dealing with uh, at that time. And I had said to him, you know, it, it really aggravates me. Anytime I talk to people about this, their response is always, you're smart, you'll figure it out. And I'm like, I want the answer to this situation. Like someone needs to give me the answer. It's so annoying. And he was like, don't you get it? He's like, you're smart. You'll figure it yes. out. And I was like, what do you mean by that? He was like, think about it. No one else can tell you the answer to solve this particular problem. You have to figure That's it right. out on your own. And once, once I started looking at it that way, and that particular issue, it took years before it finally cracked. And I had reached out to him recently. I was like, I, you probably don't remember this conversation. It just stuck out to me from years ago. You said, you're smart, yeah. you'll figure it out. And I'm not going to say, well, it's because I'm smart and I figured it out, but I did figure it out. And it's one of those things that big triumphant, big upswing, big, just so many things changed as a result of solving it. And it's just kind of that keep focusing on it and actually tuning out, you know, what the experts were saying. We were talking about Mike Michalowicz earlier, and actually it was yeah. from one of his books that had kind of changed how I was looking at that situation and really helped, um, you know, dig in and get to the solution. But then, you know, then we're getting crazy philosophical in my life where it's, I look at things as maybe not good or bad, because like you had said, like some of those setbacks can set you up for something great. So you don't know until, you know, further down the road, was this a good thing or a bad thing? Like for me, basically getting kicked out of Maryland and getting sober eight years later, you know, uh, January, 2013, it was a very bad thing. And November, 2021, one of the best things that ever happened in my life. So you know, take the good with the bad, but in my objective point of view, it's, it's a good thing that now we've solved that. And I think we're going way, way off the rails, but Scott, I've had so much, such a great time talking to you. Uh, where can people learn more about you and cpaacademy.org? Well, that's where, that's our website. And that's the best place to go. If you're looking for, uh, educational offerings from some real giants out there, some folks who have really a lot to say. Uh, I'm actually um, rarely on the platform as a presenter. I've got the privilege of working with so many talented speakers who have uh, important messages to, to share. And, and um, uh, I would encourage anyone who's looking for um, inspiration to, to go there and, and check out some of the content and experiment a little bit. 
Awesome. I think I'm going to make that part of like our new hire experience just to get immersed in the, uh, the CPE world and understanding, you know, what, what are some of the obstacles that the people that we're working with are going through and be able to, you know, we're trying to be like the solution, the all in one and, um, carrying on from that. If you're an accountant and looking to see if your current it person knows what they're doing, because just like accountants, your clients can't tell who's good or not. We offer a complimentary audit to let you know uh, what the IRS is looking for versus what you currently have at no charge and go to tech4accountants.net and book a complimentary IT audit. Also check out cpaacademy.org where you can learn more about continuing education and it's an incredible platform. Scott, I'm so just so grateful that you were uh, taking time to come on the show even during, even in your uh, wonderful uh, getaway in, in uh, the mountains. I really appreciate it, man. Oh yeah. It was a pleasure speaking with you and uh, yeah, I, I um, enjoy your podcast and, and look forward to hearing your guests as well. Awesome. Well, have a great day, man. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. Be sure to subscribe if you like the show. And remember, if you would like a complimentary IT audit of your business, go to rushtech.online slash podcast to schedule a time with a certified technician who can look over your current IT systems and make recommendations on how to make sure you and your clients are safe.